<laughs> That's not going to help us sync the video. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just one of us clap. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Podcast episode four, including the intro. Well, uh, welcome back to the Gateway Students podcast. This is our third episode, and we're here uh, with Peter Shank, and we're talking about conflict. Yikes. Eee. So, Peter, you had an awesome message this last week on conflict. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. I think, um, I mean, I just start by saying I come from a background where my parents modeled avoiding conflict. Like there was something wrong with fighting, arguing. I know that they probably had their conflict behind closed doors, but I never got to witness what that looked like in a healthy way. So I just grew up under the assumption that all fighting is bad. Yeah. Um, and then just my personality type, I want other people to know that they're loved and cared for. I want, I want to be a peacemaker. And in my mind, that translated to fighting's bad. Don't fight because it doesn't show love or care for people. Yeah, like it was almost like better for you to keep the peace versus express what needs like to be expressed. Exp- yeah, or yeah. advocate for, like for yourself. And it's, you others. know, some people would say, oh, that's really awesome. You're, you know, everybody loves someone who doesn't fight with them. But the reality is that can really poison relationships. And it's really not fair for the person who doesn't express um, their needs or the things that trouble them for the sake of the relationship being better off. Yeah. Um, And I would say in my family, it was like a mix of the two. It was like, sometimes we weren't fighting and sometimes there was no conflict and things were great. And then other times things would come up and then it would be like almost like a domino effect of like, okay, we have to resolve this. We have to resolve this. We have to resolve this. And that made things a little bit complicated. And now in my family now, like, like after Lucy and I get married, we really learned how to have conflict to fight for each other not to get caught up in the, the nitpicky stuff, but like yeah. keeping a short list of things and then being sure to really like fight for each other in that. But sure. um, it wasn't always necessarily modeled that way in either of our families um, yeah. growing up. So that, all that kind of compounds to this. So yeah. like, but in scripture, like we see conflict throughout the whole biblical narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but you focused on the story of Philemon and Onesimus um, to, to kind of exemplify what we're talking about. So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, so kind of the reason why we went there um, in Scripture for this example is that Paul uses this idea, this concept um, of partnership when he first addresses yeah. Philemon. And it's a really cool Greek word. Maybe you can help me say it. Koinonia? Koinonia. You got to think about koinonia. Koinonia. And so koinonia, as explained to me by Bible Project videos, because I love going there for some insight, it's just this idea of like sharing and mutual participation, um, mutual um, recipient of something. Like, you know, uh, a gift is given, it's divided equally among everybody, koinonia. Um, and, and it's the idea of like shared level ground partnership. Um, and so Paul uses this term koinonia when describing what it means to be an equal recipient of Jesus's, um, salvation of the good news of being given a new identity as a son or daughter in Christ. And, um, it's true. We are all equally recipients of that. Um, And so he uses that word specifically in this letter to Philemon before making the big ask to Philemon, which is, hey, I know Onesimus probably owes a great debt to you. Uh, I know he was a slave. I know things ended badly and he ran off. Um, And there's some tension. There's a fight that needs to happen. But before we get to that, 
remember that you guys are equal partners. You're equal uh, recipients of what Jesus has done. And we've been given new identities in that, where we're no longer um, slave or free, Jew or Gentile, um, male or female, but we're all equally beloved sons and daughters. We're all um, on an equal playing ground there. Which is a pretty revolutionary idea for that culture. Very revolutionary. Crazy. He was basically asking Philemon to overthrow the status quo for Greek-Roman social status in that time. Because that time having slaves um, look very different from what we would think of of slavery um, in the modern era or in, you know, early um, uh, colonial and whatever United States uh, times, you had people that just owed a debt and then they became a servant in the household. Yeah. Um, And that was the way that it was. And he was saying, you know what, we shouldn't have slaves in this new, um, this new chapter of our life as believers as recipients of what yeah. Jesus has done. This is now your son. Yeah. This is now your brother. Yeah. Um, invite them into your family. Don't treat them as someone who owes you a debt any longer. That's good. Um, and I, ju- I just love that example because I feel like a lot of times when it comes to conflict, we treat it as though that person hurt me or wronged me or did something that upset me and now they owe a debt. Mm. And I'm going to hang on to that yeah. and make them less than me until they can repay it. And it's almost like we enslave the people that we have a, an issue with yeah. instead of keeping top of mind, <clears throat> this isn't a slave. This is my brother. This is my equal. Yeah, um, that's powerful. So, yeah, I think it starts with just having that right mindset. And so great example of uh, Paul using this letter to Philemon talking about Onesimus and Koinonia. Um, and then we also kind of talked about um, setting boundaries, um, you know, sometimes there's somebody that it seems like it's never ending conflict with, or yeah. it seems like the relationship is just a one-sided drain and we hang on to those friendships because, you know, oh, we go way back and yeah, we feel like, like we owe them something yeah. by still having them in our lives as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it like, it's definitely off balance. So what, what do, what could students or, I mean, even adults watching this, like, yeah. what do we do with that? Like, yeah. how do you handle setting a boundary with maybe a toxic relationship? I'm just getting full disclosure disclaimer. I'm no expert on setting boundaries. <laughs> I've been studying it because I want to get better. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really pivotal, important piece. That was a nice alliteration. That was good. Um, that was really good. Lots of peace. Of having healthy friendships and relationships is knowing yeah. how to set boundaries and to stick to them. Um and setting them in love and setting them in respect, not just for yourself, but for others as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we tend to hang on to these sometimes toxic relationships yeah. um, to a point where it can really hurt ourselves and maybe not uh, benefit the other person as well. And there's a really cool quote um, in um, Jenny Allen's book where she had a conversation with this guy, Dr. John Townsend. And he sounds he sounds really smart. Anybody who's got doctor in front of name, yeah, I immediately go, oh, he's smarter than me. Um, but he referenced a uh, a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs four twenty three, which says, "Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from your, from it." Um, and I think that sometimes when it comes to these toxic relationships and boundaries, we feel like there's something wrong with setting boundaries around 
us yeah. or around the friendship, around the re- relationship. I'm not caring for that person. I'm not loving that person well if I tell them that there's a line and they're crossing it. But in reality, when we set those boundaries and we stick to them, we're, we're guarding our heart. And that's so important. And what uh, Dr. John Townsend says is without guarding our hearts, we will be no use to anyone. And any relationship that drains you faster than it pours into you isn't a friendship necessarily. It's a ministry opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to say, like, my take on that isn't necessarily that um, any relationship that drains on you faster than it pours into you isn't a friendship if it's just in a moment yeah, or a very short stint or maybe a short season because sometimes there's ebb and flow with relationships where you're pouring and they're pouring and just things that are happening in life where it demands a little bit more attention one way or the other. But if your history maybe of years of friendship right, right. is it's all about you pouring into the other person and it's draining to you and you're not being poured back into, there's no reciprocation. Yeah. Maybe it isn't a friendship or a BFF, but actually it's a ministry opportunity. Maybe God has put that person into your life for you to disciple, for you to model um, healthy living. Yeah, for you to health, serve them. For you to serve yeah. them, for you to pray for them, for you to encourage them. Um, but maybe your time is better spent investing in your top five BFFs yeah. category if you're really looking for that real yeah. friendship. That's good. So we wanted to give uh, like a challenge each week in our podcast, and we're talking yes. about conflict. And obviously, then we're not going to challenge you students to like go out and get into fights with people. Um, <laughs> that would be illegal for us to say that somewhere. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a different. That's, that's yeah, a different YouTube channel. D- different I think. YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Um, demonetized. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, but we're. I want to give you guys a challenge of what uh, healthy conflict can look like. And the first thing is, when you're in conflict with somebody, you definitely like pray first and like you have to pray and process it with God and maybe with a mentor, but definitely with, with God first. Cause he knows both of you. He knows yeah. both parties equally. And there's a quote and I really, I want you to share it because sure. I, we were at a conference with our youth pastor team and this quote came up and it applies to a lot of different situations, but especially this, as we were preparing for that, I think it really fits. So why don't you go ahead and share that quote about what, praying first in a conflict really can mean. Yeah, sure. So um, as we talked about this week, the message, healthy conflict um, starts with praying, kind of processing first. Yeah. Um, It's hard to have a healthy conflict dialogue without any preparation speaking to God first. Yeah. You go in, you're just speaking out of emotion. Yeah, yeah. You're just sharing your feelings. Um, with no processing, now you're processing out loud and you might say some things that you didn't actually mean or think through, or you say it in a way that comes across that doesn't reflect how you actually feel, or maybe you haven't even identified what you want out of this conflict, what you want the resolution to actually bring about. And so you're kind of aimlessly trying to find that in the middle of a fight. It just doesn't end well. Um, but the thing that we heard at our youth conference, which I think is a great way to think about the processing and praying element that should happen before the conflict is I am not speaking about something that I haven't spoken to God about first. Um, Something's been on your heart. It's eaten away at you. Maybe it's making you angry. Maybe it's making you sad. Maybe it's making you disappointed. Instead of just going to the person and saying, it's making me upset. It's making me disappointed. Take that disappointment. Take that angry God first. Say, it's really hurting. Um, 
let God be the one to, to kind of heal you in that department first, instead of expecting yeah. that the person, the conversation is going to be the source of healing. Yeah. Let God do some healing first and then ask God, God, you know, what is it specifically that you're trying to teach me in this moment in the, in the friendship, in the relationship and help me navigate through yeah. this conversation to get to a better place in the relationship. And That's I think good. that you're just starting off on the right foot when you do that. Um, some of the other things we kind of hit on in terms of actually doing conflict well is like assuming the best in the other person. Yeah. Uh, maybe their intentions um, were positive, but the result came out in a negative way that affected you. And we can just instantly go to the negative. Oh, they, you know, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. We're like projecting. We're project. Yeah, yeah. We can be projecting at times. Um, but just assuming the best yeah. for the sake of the friendship, the sake of the relationship, maybe it wasn't for the best, but you're assuming the best, um, keeping short accounts, which kind of goes back to the story of Philemon. Like one. we're not keeping a, a, yeah. a scoreboard, a record of every wrong thing they've done or said. Yeah. And sometimes that's what the enemy will try and do to us. Right. We'll just ruminate, marinate on, oh, I remember when they said that one thing. Yeah. And, oh, man, I can't wait till I throw this back in their face. Yeah. Or I can't wait to hold this over their head in another conversation with someone else and make them feel really shameful and about it. In, in the story of Philemon, like, Paul writes to Philemon, yeah. who was Onesimus's like, master mm -hmm. before all this stuff. And he says, like, if he owes you anything, charge it to my account. Yeah. So Paul steps in like how God has stepped in for us. Yes. Anything that you have done wrong, God is saying, charge it to my account. And so yeah. we keep short, like, short accounts to others because really we've been forgiven of the most. Yeah. And so what's so, so interesting about um, Philemon is not only is it the shortest of Paul's letters, yeah. it's the only letter that he doesn't directly reference Jesus's death, resurrection, right? Um, what Jesus has did in terms of terms of the gospel but he actually paul models right it for yeah. us in saying that hey whatever he did put it on my account it's crazy um yeah it's like hey it's i'm here best. to erase the debt so awesome. i'm gonna be the one that pays yeah. his debt yeah um and so yeah keeping a short account is part of that um and then being quick to apologize i think that's just good advice for everybody across the board if you ever slip up you know, in a moment you're not thinking and you say something wrong or your temper flares and something springs up as awkward or as uncomfortable or maybe even painful as it might be, a quick genuine apology in that moment can save you so much trouble down the road. Yeah. If you just go, oh, you know, maybe they weren't paying attention or maybe it didn't really hurt them the way that it could have and let that go, mm -hmm. the festering, the time can make it worse. Totally. Um, and then last, like aiming to be a peacemaker, not necessarily a peacekeeper, why don't you explain the difference? Yeah, because like, and it kind of goes back to how this whole conversation started, right? Yeah. If, if we are in this peacekeeper mentality, then we really will avoid conflict to any degree because we don't want the uncomfortable uncomfortability of having um, the fight or the argument or the conflict. Um, but love doesn't necessarily avoid um, conflict. Right. You know, um, when we love somebody, we might fight for the sake of the relationship um, because we're loving ourselves and we're loving the other right. person to fight for the things that matter um, and to call out the things that need to be called out. But through that, we actually can create peace. We can make peace where even the conflict hasn't happened yet. Because if we're internally 
harboring resentment or bitterness towards yeah. someone and the other person is harboring resentment and bitterness and thinking about things that they want to throw at you and you're thinking about things you want to throw at them, peace needs to be made. Yeah. We can be peacemakers by having the conflict and having it in a healthy way. That's good. Yeah. Well, I really hope that you continue to have healthy conflict <laughs> as you're learning. I hope so too. I, I hope, hope that you as well. I can learn too. Yeah. And uh, students, we hope that you learn. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. That was great. What was our time on that?